Happy birthday to Jen. Happy birthday to you. I don't know how to sing the birthday song. Happy birthday. Hey, guys. It's JB's birthday. It's my birthday. It's also episode 29. Yeah, the same as my age. Yeah. <laughs> Forever 29. <gasps> thanks, thanks for tuning in for my birthday party, friends. Do you have any wisdom for us, uh, you old 29-year-old you? Yes. Um, at the ripe old age of 29, I have learned the value of... Um, no, I got nothing. I'm, I clearly am not wise. <laughs> we'll forgive you. It's okay. I'm the middle child in this podcast. Justine is who we go to for wisdom. You come to me for dick jokes. True. <laughs> oh, no. Well, thanks for tuning into that sick. Yes. The, the podcast where we talk about the sick things that you're not so secretly obsessed with. That's right. Welcome. And as you can already guess, we have JB here. Yes, I'm hosting. The birthday girl. And I'm Justine. I'm Heather. Hi. Hi. And I think Heather and I have really, I mean, we really went all out for JB's birthday because, I mean, we're not going to reveal the topic yet, but. Yeah. Is it, oh, is it going to be so good for my birthday? It's going to be so good for you. Really? Am I going to throw up? I just think you're going to love it. All right. Well, we already did cult and cannibalism, so I'm not sure where you guys are going to meet my interest, but I see. I'm so excited. I Ah. just I'm really excited. I get to talk about this topic on your birthday. And um, so, yeah, we're recording. Actually, this is the legitimate day of your birth. It is January 31st. That is Justin Timberlake as well. JT is your birthday friend. He's my birthday friend. Who else? Do you know? Um, Nolan Ryan, uh, famed Hall of Famer pitcher for the (laughs) Texas Rangers. (laughs) <laughs> he was he was very famous yeah i guess uh, i uh, sure it's always in the paper that was like nolan ryan and justin timberlake happy birthday happy birthday friends cool all right well before we get into my birthday present which is you guys <laughs> grossing me out uh yeah. what kind of sick things were going on in your world this week nothing nothing this week sucked so i have a good one. Oh, good oh, oh good god it's all you know it's always tb if we're, ta- we're talking about a kitty here problem so I know Justine always likes to share about Rowdy. So this today I'm going to share about TV. Uh, so the other day, I'm this is actually just yesterday, I think. Yeah. No, no. Two days ago. Sorry. Because I worked yesterday. Then the day before yesterday, I'm sitting on the couch and I look at the we have to keep a tarp on the other couch so that TV doesn't like poop or pee on it. There's a little dried turd sitting on the tarp, you know. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, fuck, all right, I got to clean that up. You know, it's dried, whatever. So and then I go around the corner and I look in the closet and my uh, jacket, my rain jacket is on the ground and he has pissed upon it. Ew, fucker. And then I take my jacket downstairs to put it into the washer. And as I'm going down there, I realize he has vomited in like four different places. Plus pissed on the ground. It's just like. He did all of the bad things all at once. And I was like, well, I discovered them all at once. And it was just felt like so disrespectful. Like, <laughs> it, it seems disrespectful. I'd be mad at him. Did you yell at him? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was so mad at him. And then uh, I got back at him later on because I gave him a bath. And now he smells so good and he's floofy again. And uh, yeah, that was his punishment. But, you know, if you're going to be gross, you're going to get your ass washed. So fuck you, TB. Love you. That's weird logic. If you're going to be gross and you're going to get your ass washed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still love him. So I love him. But yeah, he's, he's fucked up, though. 
He's the most disgusting kitty. Yeah, he won't groom himself. I don't know why. He's the only cat in the whole world that won't groom himself. He does not lick himself. Pepper Cat is really bad about that, too. She's always has dreadlocks constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've watched her try to clean herself, and she's, like, really floofy. And I was just watching her one day. I was like, you know what? I get it, man. I'd stop licking if I were her, too. That looks like a lot of work. <laughs> See, yeah. Rowdy is super, super floofy, and he's he loves grooming himself. It's, like, all he fucking does. And he has he's gorgeous. I almost never have to brush him. Yeah. Really, I mean, I do, but... You're so lucky. Rowdy is so luxurious, and he's, he's, he's so fastidious. He's so... Well, you know, the downside to that is when I'm trying to go to bed, he's, like, slurping loudly and wetly. <laughs> <laughs> on Wetly. his on his like you know hind court it's yeah but you know yeah he does he he always smells he butthole he always smells good Aww. he never smells bad yeah ctb smells bad i gotta wash him <laughs> oh my god Aww. but luckily it's actually not so hard to wash him because he for some reason actually likes water like when he drinks water out of the faucet he just lets it like fall all over his head he's like i'm fine with this so it's not so hard. He doesn't scream as many, much as most cats and struggle. Oh, that's a good pro. That is good. Yeah. Oh. But that was gross. Yeah, it was that really was gross. It was disrespectful. It was disgusting. Uh, I had to clean up so much cat waste in like many different forms. And he had to get his get his ass washed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just realized I do have a sickest thing of the week. Oh, good. Because I, this is actually so duh. Um, I spent like most of the week being sick with a cold, which, you know, isn't really wild or horrible or anything. But, you know, I did spend a good portion of it just with the tissue stuffed up my nose so oh i love i mean i don't love that but i feel yeah so that was that was great i guess uh yeah boogies are always disgusting boogies are like some of my least favorite uh bodily fluids oh i love clearing them out though when you like get a good like tissue full of boogies (laughs) no no i love whenever you're like it definitely fills it up I mean, I'm like, how is that in there? I don't even know where it came from. Yeah, but I don't. Ugh. So satisfied. I just rather not have to do it. Yeah. I, I agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Same. This actually hasn't been. I'm going to. You can hear that. <laughs> that was my microphone stand. Um, I just knocked on wood. It hasn't been too bad so far. I mean, it was a pretty mild cold. So, yeah, yeah you sound all right. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been off of work all week and I haven't done jack shit and it's been wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah, I was mm. like, oh, fuck it. I'm not doing anything. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. But a byproduct of this is I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm sure you'll be proud, Heather. <gasps> Yay! Have yeah. you never seen it? I've, I've seen a few episodes here and there because Heather likes it and I've watched it with her a few times. Yeah, I'm like, because uh, it's like basically JB's over on a Thursday. I'm like, oh, this is on and we have to watch it. You hear it? You want to watch it? And I'm like, <laughs> We're watching it. And I've never had a bad time watching it. It's just nothing I've ever gone out of my way to watch on my own. But I have Hulu with the ads. And the whole time I'm watching this commercial for Dr. Pimple Popper, one of our inspirations, <laughs> one of our heroes, uh, this commercial just keeps coming on like every, like twice a show, I swear to God. And she's pumping some big Lance Boyle. I don't fucking know what it is. Some gross shit. And she just says it's coming out like butter. And, like butter. Oh! And it disgusts me every time I watch it. So every time that commercial comes on, I'm like, oh, she's going to say the nasty ass butter thing again. I hate it when like bodily fluids like that are nasty or compared to foods. Right. Especially foods I want to eat. Mm, I yeah. love butter. Like when you hear about sputum, like there's a lot of talk of being creamy, like these creamy colored secretions. It's what like, is sputum? Oh. Sputum is like, you know, phlegm, like in the throat. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, don't call that creamy. Uh, sputum. Call oh. it phlegmy. It's, it's creamy colored. It's creamy in texture. Ugh. 
And that makes me think of like Alfredo. And I'm just like, <laughs> no. And then like, you know, sometimes like poop can be compared to like a pudding texture. And you're like, no, my pudding. You know, I love pudding. I don't want to think about, you know. You're saying pudding, not pooting. Pooting. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Pudding. I thought you were talking about farts. I'm like, what? I thought you were talking about poutine. And I was also confused. Okay. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, pudding. Your Heather language is backfiring right now. I think we found the limits of your Heather language. (laughs) Everything up to now has been adorable and funny. Pooting, though. Ah, fuck Not that 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 wasn't. It just didn't. We didn't understand. Didn't translate. Didn't translate. You had a failure to communicate. All right. (laughs) Okay, cool hand, Luke. So it's been a mildly sick week then. Not that sick for us guys. Not that sick. All right. Well, then I hope you guys are going to bring the nasty. I think Justine should probably go first. Yeah, I was. I think I yeah. should too. Yeah. Okay. I trust your judgment then. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be more general, and Heather's going to like kind of hone in. Yeah. So, bring it in, dogs. This week's theme is something near and dear to JV's heart. <laughs> We're going to talk about poop. Poop. I love poop. I know. I'm a poop girl. <laughs> I'm a poop girl. <laughs> Are you a pee girl or a poop girl? I'm a poop girl. Heather and I are actually like really full of ourselves right now for yeah. coming up with this. Full of ourselves, full of poop. <laughs> that too. You yeah. guys are proud of yourselves for coming up with poop. Just, we're just really, want to reiterate that. Yep. All right. It just it's also perfect. Like we're recording on your birthday. You're the host. Talking about shit. Everything's perfect as usual, as Cindy Hand, my mother would say. So. <laughs> All right. Tell me about poop. All right. So, like I said, I'm going to um, go into a more general overview of interesting poop facts and then heather is going to talk about something more specific yeah and it didn't take like it wasn't hard for me i actually i found i found more information than i knew what to do with like there's there's just like episodes and episodes of like content out there i'm actually like mostly going to just talk about like what is poop what makes it the way it is why does it do what it does why does it smell uh, we cover that. Oh, good. Okay. So I really hope that at least one of the things that I talk about today will be news to you. All right. I hope so. It, it would just bring me so much joy. Oh, I'm also going to preface this by saying I'm not a doctor. I am not remotely medically trained in any way. Um, so as you know, some of the stuff I'm saying is, you know, veer into medical territory. Please check with an actual doctor if you're listening to this and like get worried about your poop. Don't <laughs> like don't take any of what I say as gospel. This is just like poop 101. Yes. Intro to poop. Yes. Just okay. I'm just It's a survey course. <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer over. All right. Well, okay, so first up, what is poop made of? Food. Well, well mostly it's water. <gasps> 75% of your poop is water. Just like mostly like isn't it like 70 some percent of your whole body in general is yeah, water? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So same. Yeah. So the last 25% is a combination of many other things. Fats and proteins, undigested food like plant cellulose, inorganic materials like calcium phosphate and others, cell debris from the intestines, bacteria, bile pigments, and dead blood cells. So uh, JB, do you want to guess which of those makes up the most of that 25%? Mm, uh, I want to... think that it's mostly uh the non-digested organic matter okay so actually it is it's a tie with bacteria oh yeah yeah a waste makes sense well one source said it's mostly is bacteria actually edges out the 
undigested food, but another one said it was tied. But at 30, 30% of... I found similar. I found similar. like 60% bacteria, but it, which sounds like it can fluctuate. I'm yeah. sure like based on wherever the study is. And depending on... Yeah, yeah, totally. So like, yeah, 60, 50%. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like it's bacteria. All right, so yeah. mostly bacteria. Yeah, I'm going to well, mostly water. But... Isn't that interesting? Right. Okay, so next. Why is poop the way poop is? And there's many different aspects <laughs> to your poop, isn't there? <laughs> this is a philosophical question. It is. So first, uh, the color. Why is it brown? <laughs> I don't know, Justine. Why is it brown? Can I just say, like, writing this out? I just, like, I was like, kept laughing the whole time. This is not... It, people, is... people who know me know that I don't talk about poop. Like, this is like she's a, not a poop girl. It's like a child. Mommy, why is poop brown? <laughs> Mommy, um, why is poop smell? <laughs> I'm just, I'm really, I'm, I'm really going out on a limb for you, JB. So... That makes, that makes me happy. I love you. Anyway. Love okay. Too. So, bile... <laughs> is kind of the where the color of your poop starts. Bile is actually green, but um, it gets mm-hmm. metabolized in your guts. And the byproduct of that process is called, oh gosh, abstercobilin. I don't know. It's a word I can't pronounce, which is also a byproduct of dead red, dead red blood cells. So this substance, it happens to be brown and your body doesn't need it. So it ends up in your poop. And that's why your poop's brown. And an ideal poop is a rich chocolatey brown color. So to <laughs> inappropriately compare gross things to foods you Again. like. Sorry. I hate that. Sorry. It's the color of my eyes. <laughs> poop brown. So that's well so that's an ideal like that if that's the color of your poop then you're pretty healthy. Um but that can change based on your diet or certain diseases. So, um here's some different colors that your poop might be. <laughs> um extremely pale stool that is whitish or gray. Um, that happens when um, you don't have like there's something wrong with your bile production mm-hmm. um, and and it's usually due to liver disease or blockage of bile ducts. So um, that might be a go to the doctor situation. Yeah, that's when your skin starts turning yellow. If yeah. Your if your poop is very pale, your skin is probably also getting a little bit yellow or at least the whites of your eyes are looking a little bit off. And you should definitely go to the doctor because that's a big problem. Yellow poop can be caused by a wide range of things. Like there's so many things that can cause yellow poop. So it <laughs> yellow poop. Doesn't... Is it because it's scared? What, what are you, yellow? A yellow belly poop? Maybe. You yellow belly shit. <laughs> it's probably oh anyway. I, I have no joke there. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're just keeping with like the uh the what is it the you said cool hand Luke earlier. We're keeping with the Clint Eastwood reference. Western theme. Well, yeah. Cool Hand Luke is Paul Newman. Shit, what? Yes. Oops. Anyway, it's fine. Okay, so if you have yellow poop, it doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong with you. Uh, it could, but it doesn't necessarily. So it can be caused by liver disease, again, um, pancreatic disorders, celiac disease, a giardia infection, stress or anxiety, or your diet. So if you eat a lot of carrots or sweet potatoes, or even if you eat a lot of fatty foods, it can turn your poop a yellowy color. Oh yeah, like uh, when sometimes I eat a lot of like the sweet, uh, the sweet potato like chips. Mm. Have you ever had beet chips? Mm-mm. They give you Rambo shits. Like your your poots look so red. Well, I was getting to that. That's oh, a col- shit. that's a color we haven't covered yet. Oh yeah, keep going. Well, okay, so danger colors. Danger. <laughs> Include black or dark red poop because it can indicate bleeding in your GI tract. Yeah. Oof. And that it can be very, very serious. But before you freak out, bismuth, aka Pepto-Bismol, can darken your poop and make it look black. And if you eat beets, then it can turn your poop red. 
can confirm. I would like to interject that I one time had a black poop because I ate a whole bag of black licorice jelly bean. <laughs> Ew. That's <laughs> it's sick in both ways, right? That, that's amazing. So, I, yeah. I, I thought that. I was dying. And I was like, oh, wait, what did I eat? Yeah. So basically, <laughs> yeah, if your poop comes out a weird color, first thing, like, what have you eaten recently? I actually uh, I used to I used to live with med students. Like a long time ago. And actually, and Heather, you might actually have told me this too, mm-hmm. possibly. Um, I've heard it more than once, but they said that they get that most people who come in um, freaked out because their poop is red and they think that they're bleeding internally. It's because they eat beets. Yeah. Like almost always. Yeah. And again, that doesn't mean like, you know, you should, you know, you, anyway, I'm not a doctor. Fuck. Well, okay. But well, yeah. you, you know, when you, uh, when you're bleeding from your, asshole and when you have eaten beets the poops looks totally different so just to set everybody at ease like a beet shit will look like the whole shit is like red and generally because you're eating beets you're like having a lot of fiber so that shit's gonna be nice and formed yeah, and, and like look even in color and be i, I want to say it's almost like a red velvet yes looking Ugh. sort of sorry Ugh. i did it again <laughs> But yeah, it's like a red velvet cake of a poop, whereas a bloody poop is like streaks of bright red shit or like black shit. Yeah. Continue. No, I appreciate that, you know, distinction. Yeah. So just, you know, that don't run to the hospital, you know, if you've eaten beets. Right. Just remember you've eaten beets, I guess. And keep eating (laughs) and keep eating beets because they're so good for you and they're delicious. I had a really bad um one day one time I made uh cupcakes for myself and it was like a blue food dye in the icing <laughs> and I had bright blue shits and it scared the bejesus out of me. So yeah. Yeah. I think like like food color is food col- huge. Food, food coloring can turn your poop any color. Yes. Yeah. Fun times. And that's if you have blue poop, literally the only reason is because you ate something blue. Unicorn poop. There there's no bad cause of blue poop that I found. It's just blue razzleberry. Mm-hmm. Moving on in our discussion of why poop is the way it is. What causes it to come out as different shapes and like <laughs> consistencies? I would assume your fiber intake and hydration level. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's many factors. Yeah. So a really good poop. Should hefty come- Cuban cigar. Yeah, I was just going to say. That's actually what. That wasn't one of the metaphors that I found, but that is accurate. Um, It should come out as a single healthy sized log. (laughs) log. (laughs) And it should sink to the bottom of the toilet. Um, If if your poop floats, if if it floats, it means you're um, probably too much fat in your diet. Gassy. Or you're gassy. Yep. It should be a little submarine. Yeah. Shaped like a submarine and goes to the bottom of the sea. Wow. You're just full of shit metaphors. (laughs) I love it. You're like, you're so on. You had no idea you were going to talk. You're just like riffing. It's wonderful. I'm here for it. Um, so that doesn't mean you're in trouble if your poop isn't like that. It just can indicate areas of opportunity in your diet. Um, maybe you need to drink more water. And maybe it's caused by illness. But, you know. You can learn a lot from like documenting your shit. Yeah, you can. So I discovered something called the Bristol Stool Scale in a Vox article. I'm so excited to hear about this. And it rates seven poop types in order from hardest to loosest. (laughs) (laughs) The loosest shit. And it even had illustrations. I don't want to share it on our Insta because I think it's like pretty like proprietary. But you can go if like you Google for a Vox article about poop facts. Yeah, you'll find it. So yeah. (laughs) So uh, type one. 
the hardest are the like little round rabbit style turds. Oh my god! Then so hard to crap out. Yes, exactly. Yeah, hemorrhoids, those. Yep. shitting those out. Yep. Next, um, so type two is uh, sausage shaped but very lumpy. <laughs> um, then type three is still sa- sausage. There's a lot of sausage metaphors here. So still or cigar shaped we could call it that um with surface cracks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then type four is smooth and soft like a snake oh my god type five soft yet distinct blobs <laughs> type six fluffy mushy pieces also fluffy. i'm i'm paraphrasing a little bit here although they did use the word fluffy the word fluffy was specifically used i've definitely seen a fluffy poop and then type seven is watery shits Watery shits. Diarrhea. Yeah, diarrhea. So generally, you're looking for poops around three to four on the scale. Those tend to be, you know, when you're having a good high fiber diet, drinking enough water, not eating too much fat, like, and you're not sick, like, that's generally what it will come out as. But if your poops don't look like a type three or four, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you necessarily things like stress or anxiety or what you ate the other day can cause fluctuations in output yeah and uh if you're a late well no if you're someone who menstruates oh yes so i actually yeah let's talk about that for a little bit i didn't i didn't um write any of it down but i think we can all like we know yeah so much about it go ahead as people who have menstruated whenever you're on your period your colon your well your vagina your uterus and all that stuff that those things are like fluctuating and like shedding the lining so that's like pressing up against your colon and that causes like i don't know if you any of y'all notice that menstruate it causes you to have like tons of gas maybe some diarrhea around that time that's mm-hmm. because like it's just like pressing your vaginas uh and your uterus is pressing up against like because it's all in there together it's next to each other so it's it's they're pressing up against each other and it's causing you have oh god yeah the period shits are the worst. There's also um there's also a hormone that gets um kind of produced around that time and it it's called a pro- proglastin mm-hmm. proglastin I something like that and it's what kind of initiates um like the the cramping to move everything out yeah and but it also because you know your body is not like. You, the, the colon's right there too so it causes your colon to cramp yeah it's so all, that also like yeah it's all next to each other yeah. so they're affecting each other so um you know listeners who menstruate menstruate no, um, like you're, you're not you're not alone you're not alone we all have those and listeners who don't lucky you i guess maybe have some hygiene products on your person to offer a person who does menstruate yeah because it's a not a great time. I know I have a uh, I have a little box in my bathroom for my guests. So do I. Yeah. Not that I ever have guests because I hate having people over. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. So next up, what makes poop smell the way it does? <laughs> JB, you did have this question. I did. It was a burning question. Okay. For me. Well, I got I got your answer. Oh, good. Okay. So poop smell is caused by the chemicals indole, scatol, hydrogen. Scat. Yes, actually, scatol comes from the Greek word scat. Well, anyway, for feces and, and scat. And yes, I made that connection scatological and made me happy. So um, hydrogen sulfide and then mercaptans, which have something to do with bacteria. I didn't really get into it. So sorry. Bad <laughs> research on my part. Um, <laughs> interestingly, scatol and indole are both used in making perfumes. Oh, 
And I also read that indole on its own actually smells like really, really nice. And it's also that chemical can also be found in things like jasmine and orange blossom. Yeah, that we covered in like what, episode two or something like that? Did you talk about indoles? No. no. But I mean, that sounds similar to like the various secretions of like musks and stuff that you oh, talked yeah, about I in guess, the cosmetics yeah. of the animals. Yeah, it's not dissimilar. Or, or like, you know, the whales shit out the ambergris and yeah. they don't really shit it out. It's indigestion. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> God, someone wasn't even listening. Did I learn nothing? Are you yeah. kidding? I listened to that episode like a thousand times <laughs> and trying, you still don't trying know. to edit it. Oh my God. It was our first one. Um, so meanwhile, the uh, mercaptans and the hydrogen sulfide provide that terrible sulfury eggy smell. Yeah. Oh, like JB's farts last week. No, that's two weeks ago now. Never forget. Poor never, JB. Never forget. <laughs> Happy birthday. The Let's, eggy toots. She tasted me with an air freshener because my farts smelled so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you did apologize. I mean. I tried to keep it in the kitchen, but the farts kept following me. <laughs> Shit happens. All right. Okay. So next, as humans, we are averse to how poop looks and smells because of evolution. So um, basically, it's not in our best interest to play with shit because it spreads disease. Um, and so over time, we learn to see poop as repulsive in every way. And even be among humans, our poop differs depending on where we live and what we eat. So Westerners, like us, generally have softer poops because we don't eat as much fiber while people who live in other cultures that don't rely on processed food like we do, they have firmer, bulkier poops that pass more easily and cleanly. So in oh. other words, better poops. Mm-hmm. That's unsurprising. They're, and, you know, they're, they're at like that four on the Bristol scale. And also they use squat toilets, so it's way easier to pass. Yes, and squatting, yes, and squatting is the best posture to be in to eliminate. Sitting is not good. But it's what we do. Pull those knees up. Squatty potty. Yeah. So what can we do to make a more perfect poop? JB, you actually, you know, you touched on this. It comes down to a combination of good diet, high in fiber, managing your stress and anxiety, drinking enough water, and maintaining a healthy gut biome, which I'm not going to get into right now (laughs) for reasons. So um, I'm actually going to close with a variety of cool poop facts I came across in my research that I didn't really see turning into a whole segment, but I thought they were pretty neat anyway. So if you're ever in Hawaii or the Maldives, the white sand beaches there are mostly made of poop from the parrotfish. What? Hmm. 85%. What? It's what the internet told me. What does the parrotfish eat? I don't know. Oh, wait. I didn't it look into like, it. It eats like coral and shit. Like, I've definitely seen it uh, on David Attenborough programs and shit like that. It probably, like, poops out little granules. Yeah, and then it turns into sea- uh, sand. That's wild. Sloths only leave their trees once a week, and that's so they can poop on the ground. <laughs> and scientists aren't quite sure why they do this, because it makes them very vulnerable to predators. Like, they don't know why they haven't evolved to just shit in the trees. Yeah. Like, shit, they, it's unclear, but whatever. They only have to poop once a week. Apparently. Well, they're, I mean, they're very slow, so maybe their guts are slow, too. Yeah, everything about them is sm- slow. After a baby is born, their first few poops are what's left of what they ingested in the womb. So if you are listeners who are parents, you're like, yeah, we know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are not parents, so. It's mostly amniotic fluid, mucus, and blood and skin cells. It's called meconium, and it's dark green and sticky like tar, and it doesn't smell. Yeah. I've heard that it's very gross, though. Yes. It's, like, apparently just, like, really, it's, like, really bizarre and off-putting and, like, 
it's like a terrible consistency, but it doesn't smell. There's a there's a horrendous complication that can happen if the baby inhales the meconium. Oh no, that's so. Is it? I, let's not talk about sad things. Okay, just okay. saying. Yeah, like that's something that can happen. Like if the baby shits inside the womb. <gasps> no. Before the baby is born, sometimes oh, no. it can ha- inhale that shit and then have like aspiration issues. Oh, okay. And- I, I won't get into it. No, no talking about sad things. Okay, sorry. This podcast isn't called that sad. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. You can make paper out of elephant dung because of the fiber content. Oh, whoa. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then guano, as we know, it's poop from seabirds, bats, and seals. And if you, ha- if you watched Ace Ventura, <laughs> your when favorite movie. calls. The second Ace Ventura films, guano is heavily featured. Oh, I'm sure. Um, it has high nitrogen content, so it's great for gunpowder. And actually, there are islands off the coast of Peru where seabirds pooped for thousands of years undisturbed to the point where there are deposits that reach up to 150 feet thick. Do you remember the name of the island? I remember them no. talking about it in one of my anthropology classes it didn't, in school. Yeah, it just it was more like general, like just there are islands off the coast of Peru. It didn't say which one mm. or ones. And uh, the War of the Pacific was partially fought over the rights to mine the guano deposits. That sounds about what I'm thinking of. But yeah, I forget the name of the island, unfortunately. I but can't, it, I can't, it was one of those ding, ding, ding. If you said it, I would recognize it. I can't believe that out of all the things I just like talked about, like that's the, like so that's one of the things you're like, oh, yeah, I knew about that. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird Mining thing in my guano. brain. Well, cause, yeah, that country, like the main source of their their income, like their entire like gross national product is based upon guano. Well, JB, you seem to have a uh, greater than average knowledge of South Pacific Islanders in their ways, because like you took that anthropology class. Yeah. And you like that, that the people that are really into the yams. I remember you telling me about one well, was from the same. Cl- it was a really good class. Yeah. I love that. That was really interesting. The, the penis gourds. Yes. The penis gourds. Did you learn about cargo cults? Yes. Yep. That's tight. It was, it was a fucking good class. One of my mother's friends when I was growing up uh, had a penis gourd in her house. Hell yeah. Tight. Mm-hmm. Might be loose. Depends <laughs> on the gourd. <laughs> yep. That's pretty sweet. I think you would have liked my mom's friends. They were all Capricorns, which you guys think you don't like, but they were fun Capricorns. My Mercury's in Capricorn. I could communicate with them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, there's way more like there's so much more i could talk about i had to like stop i had to like limit myself so i'm just gonna leave all that for another time and also for heather who is up next yay uh well i don't know if i learned that much about poop because i'm gross and i like to read about poop i figured you but was there at least one thing you didn't already know i didn't know what the name of the the newborn baby poop thing was called that was the only thing you didn't know um, you didn't know about the scale. Oh, I well, I've looked up my poops because I like to rank my poops and see where, where I rank on the scale. Oh, I've seen that before. Are you before. serious? Yeah, I'm, I am I don't want to take the window. I'm, I like listening to you talk about it. Did you did you know that like you knew all the poop facts? Did you know the chemicals that make your poop smell? No, I did not. But did, I wasn't going to be able to pronounce those again. So I didn't say that. Did you know? <laughs> did you know, like all the reasons why your poop can be different colors? Um, no, some of them, but okay. not all of them. So some things you didn't know. I'm happy. Yes. Yay. Okay. And I got the question about the content wrong. So clearly I thought I knew that, but I was wrong. I'm happy. Well, I really hope Heather is going to talk about what I think she is going to talk about. 
And I, it's one of the most disgusting things ever, and I'm really excited to hear I about it. I think she might. I think she might. Do you be. think you know what it is? I think I do. I think I can read from the little context clue that Justine dropped. Yeah, I wasn't and based I, on your interest. Oh yeah, I, I was not subtle. All right, Dewey, guess what it is? Poop transplants. Yeah, it is. God <laughs> damn it. Okay. Yeah, you knew it. <laughs> it's so good. My clue was too much of a clue. Yeah. So poop transplants are so cool. So um, let's start at the very beginning. Uh, we're going to talk about your gut anatomy. So I'm going to kind of pick up where Justine left off and talk about the gut bacteria. It's and stuff. almost like we planned it this yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Almost oh, my like God. We did. <laughs> um, so like your um, GI tract, it is one long hole from your mouth to your butthole, like all connected. Isn't that gross? I, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that that's true. I just want to mention that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like it. Um, it's, you know, it's just separated by a series of like bags and sphincters. <laughs> <laughs> now I like it more. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it goes from like, oh yeah, okay, you got your mouth, your those to the your esophagus, then into your stomach, then your small intestine, and then in your large intestine or your colon, which I am going to be talking about mostly your colon, because that's where your poop lives. How many sphincters do you have? Um, I don't know. There's a lot. It's we like, have more than one. Yeah. Well, you got two Ooh. in your butthole for sure. There's there's two? There's one that goes from your uh your esophagus to your stomach mm-hmm. and then from your stomach into your uh, small intestine. And then there's definitely ones that go from your small intestine to your large intestine. And then your anus uh, is a sphincter. Well, I, that's the only one I knew about. Yeah, they're all throughout okay. your GI tract. There's like smaller ones too. I think there's multiple ones in your small intestine. They're basically like just the little muscles that are kind of like you may pass. Yeah. Yeah, they open and close, you know, and they just sort of like they just let things go at the right amount of time. You know, there's just like a little holding cells, you know, like, okay, okay, there's some liquid in the belly. All right, we're ready to dump it into the small intestine. So we're going to open up. the. It's called the pylorus. That's the one that goes from your stomach into your small intestines, the pylorus and just opens up and then it lets some shit from your stomach into your uh, small intestine. So it starts to become more uh, the nutrients that get absorbed in there and keeps going on down the line peristalsis baby okay so your colon or your large intestine it's kind of like looks like a square there's the ascending part that goes up your right side the transverse part that goes across your abdomen and then the descending colon that goes down your left side and then kind of like goes over transverses over a little bit and then is connected and then that turns into your rectum which is like basically the you know several inches of poop tube that goes you know and attaches to your anus and your anus is the opening and so your gut bacteria inside your colon you have all kinds of microbes like justine said they're hanging out they're enjoying life they're enjoying you know that chimichanga you ate you know <laughs> they love it they're like having sex with each other they're multiplying you know they're just generally having a good old time living their life big fucking party it's yeah. like gamara yeah, it's like a good old like little microbiome fun time. Yeah, it's great. So these microbes are what's called your intestinal flora, and they are beneficial when they exist in a state of harmony and diversity. You know, isn't that the best? Harmony and diversity. I love it. Got utopia. Yeah, got utopia. So some of these little dudes, you know, they help you uh, 
because they ferment dietary fiber into short chain fatty acids and they uh, other gut bacteria help to synthesize vitamin B and vitamin K and some metabolize bile acids, you know, various, you know, things they do to help you, you know, they help your digestion, essentially, you know. So in fact, the short chain fatty acids and other compounds produced by the gut flora kind of act like hormones in a way, which makes the gut flora a type of endocrine organ unto itself, which is like wild to think about. Because, you know, if it gets off balance, then this can cause all kinds of inflammatory and autoimmune conditions. So it's like it's an organ inside an organ inside your body. It's like an organ that's not you. It's made up of tons of microbes. It's like the opposite of a parasite. Yeah, it's it's a beneficial parasite. Yeah, it's a it's a symbiotic parasitic relationship is what it is that is wild yeah and yeah so it's oh my god it just is fascinating to me so the colon can contains the highest microbial density dong jb just put down truly and it was like dong yeah so we, i was heavy-handed we now all have these um mic stands that are great because they're like Anyway, they're better than our old ones, but when we put things down, if we touch the table like in any way, yeah. it makes this I'm sure you've heard it because I cannot edit it out because I'm not good at editing, but it makes that like noise. Yes. So yeah. sorry. You hear that, sorry, that. sorry for the dong. Dong. We hope our content overshadows. You it. should do it twice so it sounds like the uh like the law and order. Ding ding. <laughs> I think dun, that's dun. proprietary. Oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the Stop shit. It. Okay. Okay. So, like I said, the human colon contains the highest microbial density recorded in any habitat on Earth. Hell yeah! Wow. Humans killing it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's between three hundred and one thousand different species. Fuck yeah! Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, like Justine said, and I corroborated earlier, it's like uh, fifty pr- fifty. To 60% of your dry turds is bacteria. So um, what happens when your gut bacteria gets out of whack? Like we talked about this beautiful symbiotic relationship. They want to be happy and have a utopia, you know, and, you know, just Bernie bros and all that shit. And they're making you hippie turds. Yeah, like- hippie turds are so great. So, But sometimes they get out of whack. So this can happen like... For example, you get an infection somewhere else in your body. The antibiotics that you take for an infection may cure the bacteria pneumonia or, you know, chlamydia or whatever you happen to have. But it also killed a bunch of gut bacteria in the process. So, you know, it killed the bad guys that were happening elsewhere, but it killed some of your good guys, too. So now some of those bad boys that are living in your gut um, that are normally kept in check by the good guys are able to like kind of just like have their happy ass day in your colon and just proliferate. And uh, as a result, you get some demon shit. Yeah, they're like wilding out. Yeah, they wild. They literally wilding out in your guts. And in really, really bad cases, you get a proliferation of this bacteria called Clostridium difficile or C. diff. I love it. It's like French. Clostridium difficile. Difficult. <laughs> uh, so C. diff is a super bad boy bacteria, and he lives in your guts all the time. But uh, when uh, antibiotics kill all your good guys, he can just take over. And C. diff causes you to have like these liquidy black shits that are happen like so frequently. They have a really distinctive nasty smell. Because it's like this, this, uh, the back, 
bacteria, C. diff, is puking this toxin like all over your bowel. And uh, they cure C. diff with another antibiotic called vancomycin and this one called Flagyl. And they're super, super strong. And they're what uh, Vanco especially is what we call a broad spectrum antibiotic. So uh, that is one of the reasons why your gut bacteria could be get super out of whack in a uncontrollable way. Sometimes people get these C. diff infections. They're recurrent. They happen all the time and they just won't go away in the vancomycin and the flagell fail. Most people it cures it, but some people, unfortunately, it, it doesn't. So. Before I get into the poop transplants, that is one of the uh, reasons why you would get one. And I'm going to talk about two other uh, reasons why you would get one. And then I'm going to go into the actual process of what the poop transplant is. So this is kind of like a little bit of like extended background on the poop. But I'm building to it. I'm building to it's it. It's good to know. I like background info. Yeah, I want to give you like the nice uh, the, the pre-layer, uh, the primer. So ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease are the two other things I want to talk about. I don't know if you guys ever heard of these diseases. Oh, yeah. I've definitely mm -hmm. heard of Crohn's. And I've heard of both. Probably I'm just a little more familiar with Crohn's. They're not fun. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I I know some people who suffer from Crohn's, and it's it sounds just yeah awful. It terrible. is awful. Yeah. yeah. I sometimes refer to it as butt disease. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, both are chronic inflammatory diseases of the bowel that are lifelong, and you can really only control the symptoms. They're not curable. So uh, the cause of both of these are unknown, but the gut flora has been potentially in implicated, like the actual makeup of the gut flora itself. But it's, you know, still completely unknown. I'm not going to get super into that because I'm not a scientist. And that's really like kind of difficult uh, to get into without wanting to talk about all the gross stuff, which is what we want to talk about is the gross stuff. So there's much less diversity like bottom line is there's much less diversity in the gut flora of these people that have these diseases. So that way the bad bacteria can dominate over the good ones way more easily. So ulcerative colitis symptoms include constant frequent diarrhea, often with blood and pus, abdominal pain, cramping, rectal bleeding, blood in your shit, urgency to shit, but then the inability to shit once you're trying to shit, which, oh my God, I can't imagine how frustrating that is. Like butt dry heaves? Yeah, Ugh. butt dry heaves. Like you go to the bathroom and you're in the bathroom and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I got to go to the bathroom. Like, I don't know if any of you guys had a UTI. I've had a UTI. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That's what that feels like. Oh like, God. You feel like you have to, have to pee and then you get to pee and you can't pee. That was, oh, I, I will no. Yeah. Ah, so imagine worst. that with like poop. So a lot of people Ugh. can relate to that now because like imagine you've had a UTI, but it's like pooping. It's like you have feel like you have to poop, but and the poop doesn't come. That would be a thousand times worse. Mm -hmm. It's oh. awful. Horrible, horrible. Also, there, you know, as a result of all this, you know, weight loss can happen. People, you know, in general, you get fatigues and fevers. You know, it's just terrible. You just feel horrible. Um, so Crohn's symptoms are kind of similar to ulcerative colitis, but you also you can get like mouth sores and pain or drainage near or around your bum hole. And you could form fistulas, which a fistula is like a which I could go into in a whole nother cat a whole nother episode, but it's basically like a tunnel that forms like from your colon into another part of your body. So like it could come out your skin or for people with uh, vaginas, it could go into their vaginal tract. You could perform, you could form a uh, anovaginal fistula where like there's poop coming out of your vagina. Oh God. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh no. 
Yeah, oh, and like no. the vagina is is a very like uh very like it's a biome unto its own self. Oh, yeah, a very you know, very specific pH. It's a, very, yeah, it's very, very uh, it's a sacred temple. Yes. Sacred temple. Who is not a who is not welcome? No. Thank you. Not welcome. No, it doesn't belong there. So yeah, uh, so people with these diseases, they have to take a lot of drugs to control their symptoms. Steroids, anti-inflammatory medications. Uh, they have to wash their diets, control these kind of conditions from happening. It sucks. So um, my heart goes out to you. But there is a new kind of therapy on the market that has been shown to help some. And that is the poop transplant. So boop doo who transplanted to the rescue. <laughs> um, so people with ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, and recurrent C. diff infections that don't seem to be cured, they now have this alternate choice, which before they, you know, they really were kind of like, people can die from C. diff infections that don't cure. Like literally, like, well, especially if you're really, if you're older, elderly people, oh my gosh, you have to be, um, so this is, a revelation, which I, I'm just so excited about. So the FECO, fecal microbiota transplantation, uh, or FMT, this is where you take the gut bacteria or shit of a healthy person and introduce it into the colon of the patient or the unhealthy person. Uh, the healthy bacteria then repopulate the sick person's bowel. And it's it's sounds simple, like a simple but and it is that's, but you know it that's exactly my reaction like it sounds it's so simple how can it be new yeah who yeah. thought to do this how well yeah so how new and who yeah um how new and who okay so i don't have that unfortunately it's only been on the market i don't know who started but it's only been the market for a couple decades like it was first started with uh the c diff and I know in the last 10 years, it's gotten its FDA approval and they're starting to use it uh, in the last five years for more uh, like ulcerative colitis type stuff. But yeah, it was in, ex in its experimental stages at least a decade or more ago. So uh, the way that it's done is you take a it's done via colonoscopy. So any of our, any of our readers have had it. I love saying I love calling our listeners readers. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such a dork. Uh, so any of our listeners have had a colonoscopy. It is. I will explain to you what it is if you ha do not know, because I feel like a lot of young people listen to us and probably have never had a colonoscopy before. You're supposed to recommend, I guess, to get one after 50, I think. But they sedate you. You go in the hospital, they sedate you. It's like a, they take you into a little room and then they put a flexible, it's called a sigmoid scopy. It's basically like a two to three foot long probe, like the alien probe, and they stick it up your butt. It's got a camera on the end and, you know, they can look at it the whole time. They just like follow it through your guts and they just, you know, they just feed it through. And then also at the end of it, it's got like a little stylet. You know, you just inject the um, poop. You take the donor poop and you just inject it and you fill up the person's bowel. And uh, Bob's your uncle. That's amazing. Yeah. I watched a video of this. It was nasty. I can attest. You had a video of this on the internet? Oh, yeah. Oh, my huh. God. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think I must not try. I think I don't try very hard to find truly disturbing content. I think like I'm afraid. Oh, I don't mind looking at inside someone's colon. Hmm. Yeah. So it was really cool because I actually watched this video of this guy. Um, it was a doctor. It was like an hour long doctor t 
talk uh giving like a medical a boring ass medical lecture on youtube i didn't watch the whole thing but i skipped around and there was definitely a part where he showed the fecal transplant going into the diseased bowel like the poop just like squirting all over the liquid shit and then he showed like uh seven days later and he showed another uh he showed the improvement and then there was another fecal transplant a second one and then he showed seven days after that and the colon was totally clean totally healed like no sores like it looked it was a gorgeous gorgeous colon wonderful that's amazing this is like i wasn't expecting this to like feel like an uplifting yeah this it it feels really uplifting because like you talked about you know these these like really bad diseases that sound really horrible and then this like really i think because it's like it's natural there's still can be hope i mean it also like because you're not you're not pumping them up with chemicals Mm -hmm. you're like it's it's or antibiotics, which, you know, right. it's great that we have antibiotics, but oh, there's yeah, like that sure. whole antibiotic source shortage and overuse issue is Absolutely. like a whole ball of wax. No, I just like it's I, I don't know. It, it, I didn't expect to feel uplifted, but I do. Yeah. So I got more for you. So uh, that's that's even more delightful and gross. Uh, so it can also be done via pill. They take hmm. the capsules contain the frozen donor gut bacteria. And yeah, you're swallowing someone else's poop. But it's kind of it, it's it's uh, less invasive. You don't have to be sedated. You, there's always risks that are involved when you're sedated or when you have anything probed up your butt because your butt is extremely vascular. And if anything gives trauma to your butt tissues, sometimes that can, you know, cause issues and uh, parts of your bowel to die. You don't want your bowel to die. No. no. Yeah. I've also heard that the process like preparing for colonoscopy is not pleasant. Yeah, yeah, you have to um you have to I, I imagine if you're ill and you're getting a poop transplant you, you're probably like whatever. Yeah, life sucks already. Yeah, it may not be as but yeah, if you're going to get a colonoscopy, you generally have to drink a shit ton of laxatives and then shit and shit and shit until you shit out clear. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, wow. Yeah. I've, I've never done that. Yeah, shit, <laughs> until you shit out clear. They're not, they don't want, if you are not shitting clear, they don't want you for your colonoscopy because they'll get inconclusive results. Well, I you mean, gotta get that poop drink. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's like, called Miralax. Well, you know, okay, you can use Miralax or you can use this shit called Go Lightly, which you don't go lightly, you go extremely heavily. <laughs> don't leave the bathroom. Mm-mm. Oh my God. No, I mean, and I get it because, you know, they're probing a camera up there. It needs to be clear. Yeah, they like, got to totally see everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't get the poop on the camera. No. Got to clean that lens. All right. So, where do they get this donor shit? That's yes. what I've been thinking this the whole time. Same, yeah. Same. The donor shit. So, they used to have to screen people individually, you know, for this shit, like one on one kind of thing. But then, because you know what? It, you actually have to do like a legit. This is a transplant. You have to do a legit transplant workup. Like you have to take blood work. You have to, your shit has to be compatible with this, this person's shit. Like your, you know, all your antibodies and your cells and all that crap got to match and be a harmonious. Otherwise it won't work. It could cause like more of an inflammatory reaction if you're not compatible. So it's just like testing for a kidney, you know, like, you know, how you hear about like, oh, me and my sister, you know, I, uh, we weren't a match or we were a match. You know, there were people where that you could get your your mother can try and donate her shit. But if you didn't, if it wasn't a match, she couldn't. So this place in Harvard called Open Biome, Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's called Open Biome. They uh, decided to remedy the situation and basically open a shit bank, kind of. It's like a blood bank, but it says shit. 
And uh, they, um, this is a, a video that I have linked. It's from Vice that I watched that was very entertaining. Instead of screening each individual donor, they were like, well, everybody poops. This poop is plentiful. It's not like it's a kidney where the per it's like you know, inside the person. Like, you know, it's your waste. So it's so easy to get a handle on. So <laughs> they collect stool from healthy donors. There are even people that they call super donors, which have like really nice, healthy shit. It's a really rigorous selection process. They ask about your health. They ask about if you have diseases, obviously. They test your blood, all that stuff. Um, you have to have a healthy gut, uh, have regular good BMs, bowel movements. A good BM, you know, like we said, the hefty Cuban cigar. I got to shout out Sweeners. I don't know if she listens to the podcast or not, but she's the person that I first oh, heard that Oh, that from. is who that came from, yeah. Sweeners. A good donor poop has high levels of what they refer to as keystone species. So these are bacteria which produce chemicals whose lack in the host gut contributes to disease. So there literally are people whose poop is like, you know, you think your shit stinks less than mine. Like there is like shit that is better than others. Like you think you shit rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, and, and they do. And you do. Some people have very healthy shit and it's, uh, yeah, they have super donor shit and it's um, used. And the open biome, they ship this, you know, Harvard educated, uh, very healthy poop all over the country. Like they have, they said they have deals with hospitals and institutions in every single state. This is amazing. so I'm not going to lie. Like most of this time I've been thinking can, like one, do you get paid to donate your poop? And uh, I think so. Yes. I'm like, may maybe this is the thing that will motivate me to become a healthy person. <laughs> because, <laughs> to become a poop donor. I mean, can you just imagine? Like, that's awesome. Like what's what, your side hustle? Oh, I'm a poop donor. Like what an awesome way to like, not even just like a side hustle, but like you be like helping so many people. I think you have to be really healthy to the point where like you can't drink and you can't oh, like, okay. well, you like that. perfect poop. Yeah, you have to have like really good poop. That's never going to happen. Yeah. I was going to be like, okay, well, maybe this will convince me to like, you know, eat more vegetables and never yeah. mind. Yeah. I mean, still try to have the best poop you can. I also, know? for me, for the, me, yeah. The poop banks at Harvard. Yeah, do you really have Harvard shit, Justine? You don't live don't there. Know. It's going to be kind of far, too, yeah. Uh, JetBlue regularly offers $44 one-way fares from Pittsburgh to Boston. So. <laughs> Are you putting an organ transplant back? <laughs> what? Um, I go there and then... Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to carry it with me. That's disgusting. Oh, that was silly. I'm sorry. So uh, just a stray note um, about the to end my story on the poop transplants. Uh, there was, I don't know if anybody, it seems to be not relevant anymore. Nobody really watched South Park, but they did have uh, poop transplants on South Park recently where Kyle's mom like got a poop transplant and then it made her really like slim and fit and like really super healthy. And then all the other ladies in South Park wanted her shit to get like a transplant with her shit so they could be slim and fit and super <laughs> healthy. Wouldn't it be amazing if it works like that? Yeah, I think it, I didn't look into it, but it it's probably something that's on the market already because there is that one Silicon Valley douche bro that he gets Peter Thiel, I think it is. They say he gets um, blood from transfusions from young people and it like revitalizes him. Jesus fucking Christ. Fucking Silicon that's like, Valley douches. That's like yeah. Elizabeth Bathory shit. So Yeah, well it uh they they even parodied it on Silicon Valley. Like so it's even like to the point where it exists and it's been parodied, which is disgusting to me. But uh that's something that we could probably go into and in, in research and maybe make a whole episode about. I mean blood transfusions. 
I, I would totally take a poop pill if it's like, you know, what I needed. Yeah. Either yeah. if it's what I needed or or if one day we discover that taking, you know, that it could make you healthier. Would you get the colonoscopy? I'd rather have the poop pill. What if you I, had I don't want to an elective it. colonoscopy. I mean, if I had if I had to get a colonoscopy, I would do it because I would have to, but I wouldn't elect to have one. Colloquially, um, <laughs> friends in the industry, I've heard that only works about 50% of the time. But again, that's nothing like... I like those odds. Yeah. And again, it's just for people that like, they have had nothing else work and out there the ends of their ropes and, and this they have very uh, difficult disease processes. So 50% is... Pretty damn good. good. Yeah. If actually. 0% of anything is working, 50% is... Yeah, and sometimes actually just like I said uh, earlier, that guy, a person that they showed in the video that I watched, that person had multiple um, uh, transplants, a fetal transplants. It took multiple ones before it was able to be totally, you know, cured. Hmm. So, but boom, maybe just need a few extra. That was great. That was good. I feel so informed. I don't even really feel disgusted. I just feel like I feel good to be full of knowledge. Yeah. I do too, yeah. Actually, the stupid Silicon Valley vanity blood transfusion was, is what disgusted me the most that was grosser <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll cover that in a new, in another episode because i definitely want to look into that i'm oh, curious well, also the anal vaginal fistula also yeah, yeah that was gross pretty that's bad. been our on, yeah. our on our list i'm gonna get it fistulas oh my god <gasps> they're so bad well all right heather that was extremely informative you're welcome i'm very excited to hear about the frontiers of poop technology mm-hmm. i love it so that was that was a pretty shitty episode, no! guys. I hate you. How yeah. long, have you been sitting here the whole time waiting to say that? I didn't know when I was going to say shitty or crappy, and I couldn't go the whole episode without saying it. Well, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed your birthday surprise. Yeah, you guys talked about poop. I'm having a crappy time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we wrap this up, uh, so what's what's the sickest thing of the week in a good way? Let's leave on uh, all good notes. You go first, Heather, because me, you, I you got, got I got dog? nothing. This is not a good week. Oh well, yeah. we were we both agreed before you came here. The sickest thing in a week in a good way is that it's your birthday. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. That, oh, that is sick. That, that yeah. literally is the best part of my week. So yeah. Um, what I have specifically though is uh that uh <laughs> I was at the Seven Eleven the other day <laughs> buying a uh Mountain Dew Kickstart like Kickstart like I do, and they had a, a bag of Sour Patch Kids that was all reds limited edition is that i don't i don't like sour patch kids is that good yeah all the reds the reds the best flavor oh, all right, all I, right, dog. I don't have an opinion on sour patch kids oh so. my god I, I i told the i was buying this kickstart and i had already put my card in and then i told the guy i was like uh i need to make a second transaction <laughs> <laughs> I need these Sour Patch Kids. They're all, it's all the red ones. Oh, my God. Like, I got way too excited. <laughs> it's my favorite flavor. It's like how a lot of people are like, oh, the pink ones are the Starburst. They're my favorite. Shut up, bitch. They are the best ones. <laughs> Fuck off. <sighs> so this week, I went and did one of those sensory deprivation tanks. <gasps> what? Did you do the float tank? I did a float yes, tank. Cool. I want to hear all about it. Okay. Oh, it was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, I went to this float spa in Squirrel Hill called Levity. Shout out to Levity. Mm-hmm. Sponsor us. Give us free floats. <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug. I'm shameless. But it, it's pretty cool. So you go, and I mean, you just float in water. Like, that's all it is. It's uh, really high salinity. It's supposed to be as salty as the Dead Sea. And so you just... You sit in water and you like immediately float back wow, once you lean. Oh, that sounds like fun. You, you couldn't sink if you wanted to. Yeah. 
And it's basically the only way you can get your body muscles to completely relax. Really? Because even when you lay, there's some part of your body that's kind of reacting to gravity and like like some kind of muscle control. Yeah. So you do this like for how I did it for an hour. But in this way, like the salty water is just hugging you all over. Yeah, you just because they keep it at such a temperature that there's not a difference between your surface body temperature and the water temperature. So you really can't feel it like you just kind of feel like you're just existing. Like, I imagine it's what it felt like to be in the womb, but I cannot recall. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So what did you feel like afterwards? Was I it- felt I felt I mean, I have a regular meditation practice, so I don't know if it made as big of a difference for me as it might someone who doesn't take time to like sit and exist in quiet for an hour a day anyway mm-hmm. you met you meditate for an hour a day mm-hmm. <gasps> every day most of the time yeah holy shit i like I, to be in quiet i am in awe of you i can barely meditate for three minutes <laughs> literally like i have headspace and when i go to meditate i'm like three minutes that's all i can do yeah i have a, i i don't have diagnosed add but it definitely like my mind wanders a lot I which mean, i guess is the point of meditation to fine, stop yeah. that you can teach yourself i'm yeah. actually I'll shamelessly plug Headspace. I've tried different apps um, and it's the only one that like helped me get past that initial like, oh, I can't stop thinking about things. Anyway, keep telling us about the float tank, JB. You lay in this tank and it's completely dark and they play a little bit of music, kind of just signify that you're starting and then whenever it ends. Who can say? Oh, oh, oh. A little they bit. Don't play, did they play Enya? It wasn't Enya, but it was like local new age music. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. So they play a little bit to signify that it's starting and then a little bit to kind of give you the cue the, to get out of the tank. Oh, OK. But yeah, so you're just laying in the in the dark in silence for an hour. Like, I really couldn't believe it was over whenever it was over. It's like, I feel like I got ripped off. Oh, wow. Like and, it, it went so fast. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel when I get a massage. Mm-hmm. Like it goes by so fast. I imagine people fall asleep in that tank all the time and it's fine because you float so you can sleep if you want i would talk about wasted hour well your body's still doing the same relaxation so if you didn't need it for the mental thing and you just need it for physical rejuvenation it would do the same work i would definitely fall asleep i've been i've actually been wanting to do one of those float tanks and i'm oh i definitely recommend it i'm glad you've uh, done done a review yeah there's a a groupon for one up right now oh do they only do float tanks or do they have other relaxation because i know there's i think there's a place somewhere around here that does like a salt cave Oh, Which I've is heard really, of the really salt cool. cave. Uh, yeah, I think it's called Zen, Peace, Love, and Zen, or something and, like that. And then there's a place uh, I think that does sound baths. Mm-hmm. Which, anyway, I've like I'm so intrigued by all of those things, but I've never tried any of them. Generally, uh, like a lot of this, the the meditation tank and all that stuff, that sounds pretty legit. I don't think the Himalayan salt does anything actually to you with the positive and the negative ions and all that hooey and all that shit. I think it might be nice to like sit in the salt it might look yeah. cool and might be pleasant i'm ex- i'm gonna there's there's extremely strong science for the placebo effect though yeah like that's like one of the main that's placebo effect is so strong so if you go in there and it's like nice and relaxing for you and it makes you feel good like that's cool well that's the point yeah 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 so placebo effect is still in effect it's yeah. fine it works yeah yeah exactly which um i'm but i'm not saying that like you know himalayan salt is magic because it's not I just think it looks nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have two Himalayan salt lamps. I don't think they do diddly squat, but they do look very peaceful and relaxing. They give a nice ambiance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a that was a pretty great sickest thing of the week in a good way. Yeah, it was dope. All right. So if you liked what we had to say, Justine, where could people find out more information about us? I mean, if you haven't already subscribed, 
you should probably do that because obviously you don't want to miss a second of our super wonderful banter. So we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, basically in any podcasting thing you like to use, we're probably on it. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at That Sick Pod and on Instagram at That Sick Podcast. And you can email us at that's.sick.podcast at gmail.com. So until next week, guys, don't forget to rate your poop from one to seven on the poop scale. <laughs> <laughs> because that's, that's sick. sick.